0: Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that
1: you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ.
2: Today is Father's Day, as we've said a few times. So we're going to think on and reflect on Um our Heavenly Father. We're going to do that, but we're also going to talk about being an earthly father. Not a worldly father, an earthly father. You know there's a difference, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. So before we get started, I want these guys to uh, introduce themselves to you, let you know a little bit about them and where they're from. Um, who they are and what their world looks like. So go ahead, Dustin, you begin.
0: Good morning, everybody. I'm Dustin Whitney. Um, I'm a triplet, me my brother and sister. So that's kind of fun, I guess, if you like that kind of thing. Um, I was actually born in Denver, but we moved down here in Florida when we were uh, just a year old. So I was raised here. So I guess I'm a true Floridian. I uh, met my wife when I was 11, 12-ish, and uh, and I met her because I was throwing rocks at her. That's, you know, it's true, she couldn't stand me. But then, you know, high school came, we hit puberty, all of a sudden we were interested in each other, and um, we started dating our freshman year in high school, and um, been together, be married 23 years this year. Yeah, yep. She's awesome, and um, yeah, we have four beautiful kids, We've just been growing our family uh, th- through the past seven years. Uh, a lot of you know our adoption story with our children, uh, so hopefully I can, you know, bring some perspective. I know that the Lord will help us all really bring some good, healthy perspective as as dads. Um, so yeah. Oh, my kids, ages, sorry, I'm sure to stick to the script here. Uh, eleven, so three girls and a boy, eleven, eight, two, and one-year-old sons, so it's yeah, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm like almost 65 years old, so it's gonna be fun to, you know, hit that reset button. Oh yeah, that's right. okay.
3: Hi guys, I'm Cliff Herndon. Uh, I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, my wife and I, Jan, celebrated our 44th anniversary this week. Yeah. Uh, We met in college on a blind date, so you can ask for that story another time. Um, Have two grown up young ladies that are 35 and 35. Guess what, they're twins. And I'm pop-pop to five little guys uh, along the way. So, there you go.
1: And I'm Joe Goss. (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, more fans we okay. think. What hey. <laughs> I was
1: anticipating. I'm married to beautiful Stephanie Goss right here on the front row. Uh, we have uh, two, two kids. I am a stepfather of two kids. So I bring that dynamic to the, uh, to the panel here. Landon is 15, turned 16 in August, so he'll be driving. And Haley is 17 years old. So that's that's. What I was born here in Polk County, raised in Polk County, kind of moved around a little bit when I was in my 20s, and now I'm back home. So it's good to be here. Thanks.
2: All right. So um, right off the bat, I want you to describe to me your dad.
0: Well, um, my dad. This is a. I don't want to say it's it's tough to answer this because it was tumultuous start to my to my. To my life but my dad uh describe him was a really hard-working man who did his best um, I fortunately and unfortunately I got to learn from him in some of the worst ways um, you know you know I, I always use this in a job interview well I have in the past' like hey, you know we're really looking for someone who's really experienced I said oh yeah I said I get that I said my you know my dad he's been married and divorced three times and He's got a ton of experience but i don't think he's really good at marriage you know and so you know i'm trying to make light of that but you know god bless my dad rest his soul i do miss him i miss him a ton um but yeah he was just a hard-working man he, who made he tried to lead a life you know with just by going off feelings and you know you know am, am i feeding back really bad do i need to back off a bit Okay, I just didn't know if it was just my piercing, you know, high voice that's affecting it. Yeah, I, get, I do that a lot. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, sorry, I'm losing train of thought here. I'll, I'll get to that.
2: Get back to it. Yeah,
0: get back to it. <laughs> Stay but, focused. But one thing but one thing I, I did glean from my dad is, <laughs> is that I never, I always knew that he loved us and he was always there to support us. And that's what really kind of helped form some good things in me. Um, Not just the bad stuff to learn from, but the good stuff. He always taught us as as triplets, you know, to really have each other's back and to love each other. Not let anything get in in between us. So I'm definitely thankful for my dad for that.
3: My dad was an attorney. Does that say anything? Uh, For over 60 years. So I learned a lot of things about that. But one of the things I learned... First was accountability, which is a good thing. I also learned that uh, you have to be able to say, give a, a reason for why you said what you said. So, like, where did I, where did you, where did you read that? Where did you hear that? Where did you find that? That was that was a, a family ritual, and uh, but my dad also taught me another thing. He was always involved with myself and my sisters and taking care of them. We have special needs. I have a special needs sister in the, in the home at the day. And uh, he was always involved, taking care of. So, so that was a, a good message for me to have you, you dads and husbands
1: uh, be involved. You know, I was thinking that uh, I may be one of very few grown men here with their dads in the room. Mm-hmm. So is, is anybody that that's a grown man have their dad in the room also? One there. Okay. So we are one of two. There you go. My dad, Sam Goss, he's up on the second row here. Yeah. yeah. Give him some. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Growing up, well, what was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> Des-
2: describe your dad.
1: Describe my dad. He's uh, wearing a, a paisley shirt. He's got, <laughs> he's got uh, some glasses on. He was, a, uh, uh, was always a hard worker. I always remember that from him. And uh, even to this day, we get to work together also. So he's not only part of our body here at the church. We work together. We spend... A lot of time together. So it's it's a, a blessing and a challenge at the same time. So we have learned that, uh, you know, sometimes you stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. And sometimes we collaborate, which has been this a huge blessing. I can tell you, he's always supported me. So that's been a huge, huge thing. And that's one thing that I want to bring on to my legacy is uh, support my kids how they need it. Not how I think, but how they need it.
2: Um. So tell me, maybe what one or two things are the best about being a dad?
0: The best about being a dad, from my perspective, is you know me and my wife. We um, we spent the first fifteen years of our marriage just us, you know. And there's some infertility things there, and I won't get into that. But but the Lord made us becoming parents the way he did, just that much sweeter. And that's what I love about being a dad is, is it's, an, it's an awesome reminder of how, you know, Jesus adopted us into his family, into the kingdom, right? And, and, and yes, our story of me being a dad, my story is maybe a little unique to some, um, but at the end of the day, it's the same purpose, right? There's not a higher calling than being a parent, um, and that, and I take that responsibility. Even though you see me jumping around and making jokes like a little clown, because I am, um, <laughs> but I am a proud papa, and I take I take being a dad very seriously. I Take being a husband very seriously, and that's you know having that responsibility. Dave is is what I love. You know, the Lord has allowed me to bring up the next generation for His kingdom. That's what I love about it.
1: So uh, a few of the, the best things about being a dad is that it's it's a, I get to help grow two kids into self-sufficient adults that fear God and are joy to be around. And then also it grows me as well, because it challenges me in things that, that I haven't been challenged in. And it will, too, some of the, uh, uh, do that. Same thing to you guys that don't have kids yet. You're going to be challenged in more ways. So it gives you an outlet for growth, which I'm, I'm a, a fruit guy. I want to see fruit. I want to be challenged throughout my day. And, and uh, that's one of the joys that it does bring for me. It's, uh, it's <coughs> raising and it's fun. It's laughing. It's challenging. It's crying. It's, it's all of those things balled into one. Mm. So.
3: Well, I could say that being pop-pop or grandpa is one of the big best things, but that came later. The other part was really good, too. Um, To watch your children grow in the Lord and uh, fulfill their destiny and to be able to support them and allow them to do that uh, wherever it might be Um, and to watch them become moms. Um, it's been a blessing. It's great.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, Joe mentioned he got a little bit into some of the challenging things. So, but, Dustin, I want you to describe maybe one of the most challenging things of being a dad.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges for me personally um, is really just, you know, I had an old mentor in Nashville. He, he says, when you get home, Dustin, don't check out. So you, when you end your work day and you're trying to really emotionally and spiritually engage with your children, it's tough. You know, I got like crazy, this won't, become a, this won't be a surprise to anybody who knows me, but I, I have a hard time focusing on my ADHD. And so I get very just singular focused. I'm very type A. I'm like, Rrr. and you know, it's bad, Right. But, so, I have to intentionally go, okay, don't worry about work, don't worry about this, like, your kids are at the dinner table, put your phone down, don't worry about, you know, customers or whatever, just engage with your kids, and when I actually do that, when I am intentional doing that, it's a beautiful dinner, and my my kids just act better, because they know that their dad is actually paying attention, and is caring, so... Again, we let the trials and the business of life just flood our mind and our hearts when really, you know, all we have to do is just say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this with my kids because this is what you call me to do. I need to know what's going on in their lives and how can I shepherd them.
3: Well, when, when I first read this question, I had a couple of things go through my mind, but one of them was that I think it's a lifetime challenge to be able to let your kids go into God's hand. Wherever they are, whatever they're doing, uh, whatever he has in mind for them, um, good, bad, whatever. Um, and I was re- recalling a story of, that challenged my, uh, my place in that years ago when, when my daughters were in grade school. My um, daughter Amy, Allison's sister, came home with a very strange kind of rash or marking on the back and then and didn't know what it was we took her to the doctor and long story short which i never want to say but um she she had a uh, post-immunal thing that was attacking her platelets and i we didn't even know it so she was actually bleeding below the skin by leaning on a desk at school and so i i didn't we didn't know how bad that was we didn't know how I mean, we were protected by that, but I, we did shift staying with her in the hospital. I mean, they rushed her to the hospital, treated her, uh, IV, et cetera. But at some point in the middle of one night when I was just myself with her, I remember um, thinking, I realized the doctors were looking with a, into her eyes and I'm like, why are they looking into her eyes? Well, they were looking to see if her retinas were bleeding. And that scared the fool out of me to hear that and understand that. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, you could decide that this is a, a terminal thing that you could take her home. I didn't even like thinking it. I didn't I didn't want to at all. But then there was a piece that said, you know, she's yours to start with. I'm only have her for a period of time. If, if you have... This is your timing, and you're going to do that. I have to give her up to you, and I, it was such a a moment of both uh, dread, but then a peace that I, I gave it, gave her up to him. Um, and that was, I, I had a piece about it after saying that. I don't, I don't know how I believed that, but it somehow it came. And uh, the good news is that. She went into a quick healing. Um, she's an amazing mom, uh, elementary school teacher, just an incredible person, just like her sister in different ways. But um, anyway, giving up your kids to God and being willing to say they're his. Remember
1: that. You know, uh, for, for our dynamic, we have we have a, um, I guess you'd call it a, a mixed household. Blended household, (laughs) mixed, not mixed, blended. So uh, again, stepkids. So how one of the most challenging things for us that we've walked through, and it's it's changed when our kids were younger. I met Stephanie and their kids were five and six years old. Now they're fifteen and seventeen years old. So it's like, how do you go through and you honor their father, which you have a lot of disagreements with, and you don't. It's an ungodly household that they have uh, our kids half the time, so we have them every like Monday and Tuesday, and they have them Wednesday and Thursday, and every other weekend. It's like so we're living and laying down godly principles in our household. You go over to another household, and it's not. That brings a lot of challenges. So, and then you have a dad that is in the picture, their biological father that you don't want to. You want them to honor their father, but. The guy, he's, it's just like he makes a lot of mistakes and a lot of uh, easy targets. So it's like, how do you walk through having your kids honor him? But you're like, what are you honoring? It's that's a challenge because you do want to uphold the word of God. It says honor, honor your parents, honor your mother and father. So that's been uh, a challenge that that uh, that we've walked in. We've gotten better at that. And uh, but it's still each and every day we have to walk through that. And they come back and they have questions that it's like. Okay, this is this is the godly principle that we're laying down. This is our truth. This is your truth and his truth and everybody's truth. But that that brings us challenges there, so. Mm-hmm. And uh,
2: I can I can identify with Cliff as far as our children are concerned. You know, you've often heard me say that God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And on the surface, we would all say, oh no, you know, God would ne- that's murder. That's what he asked him to do. And I know none of us parents want to think about the possibility of losing a child. And maybe there are some in the room who have or watching over the internet who have, but this is why I say, do you really trust God? And I can tell you that after he allowed our daughter to pass away, I can tell you, you can trust God. You can trust him. Is it a challenge? You better believe it. When you pull a casket from a hearse and you carry it to the graveside, you better trust him. You better trust him. And you can trust him in the most difficult situations, in the times when you don't understand and you don't have answers. I remember telling the Lord while I was walking to the gravesite, this isn't right, this isn't fair, but I still trust him. I still trust him. This is why our spiritual walk better be strong, and we better have a backbone because not everything in life is fair or right, but He is, and you can trust that. I can attest to what Cliff has said. Um, moving on, how do you manage being a husband, a father, and a provider of your home? Joe?
1: I've gotten better. I don't have it down yet, but I have gotten better. You know, I, I have a, a business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a father. I'm a husband. And sometimes life, they blur those lines. And, and I used to have a very hard time shutting it off, coming home from work, stressful day. And I would just like, especially when our business was smaller and I was, my phone had to be on. You know, so it was like, how do you be at the dinner table and your phone's ringing? And you're like, there's six guys waiting for an answer, and it's like, that's just six twenty-five, one hundred fifty dollars an hour. It's like, you know, it just adds up, and you start to think about all these things, and then you're trying to give your tent your kids' attention, and your wife, and it, it's, it's very challenging. And what, what I have done to get better with that is just, just to be able to like. Compartmentalize it. and All right, 5 o'clock, I have to transition to my, my second responsibility of the day. Not in that order, just second responsibility oh, of the day. Oh, that's
2: why you don't answer my phone. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Moving on. I
0: didn't know you had a cell phone.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't give that number out very, very easily. Huh? Hey, I, I have a microphone over here, so... <laughs> oh. But no, that, that's a challenge that, that I give. It, that's grace. That's where grace comes in. It's like you tell your kids and your, and your wife, I'm not going to get it perfect. I'm not. But you see my efforts and you see I'm going after this righteously and if you are going after it righteously they can't dispute that. They can't say no, he's not. No, he is. He's making efforts. I'm, I'm not perfect but I have a model that is perfect that I'm going after. Yeah. So That's good, Joe. Uh, I'll just quickly speak to that as well. I,
0: I, I you know, relate to you a little bit there, uh, you know, having, still having a corporate job, having a business, serving on the worship team, you know, you know, the kids, and and my wife, I just would like to take a minute to honor her, she's, she's, yeah, yeah Casey, babe, you're the best, um, you know, she's going therapy, you know, because, you know, we have some special needs with our son, and with Taylor, and she's constantly going to therapy three to four times a, a week, you know, not to mention, you know, I get to, you know, talk to people, you know, and on, sell stuff and make deals. And while she's literally trying to rain herding butterflies, you know. Um, but to, to to Joe's point, I still feel the mercy and the grace of the Lord, you know, over our life. Even though, could there be some pruning in our in my life personally as a dad and as a husband? Absolutely. And I think that will bear some fruit. And I've been challenged lately to get into that season of pruning. So I know that's coming because at the end of the day, the Lord has called me to be a husband and a father first, a son of the house, you know, and a a man of the house. He's given me to steward. So I had to remember that, that this is the calling of the Lord. And if I keep that front and center and I keep focused on that, you know, and just keep abiding with him, everything else is informed. Everything else just is kind of just informed and it's there. Because I'm just gonna walk with the Prince of Peace, so uh, I, I'm with you, Joe. That's, that's good stuff. The way you said that.
2: Okay. Next question. Let me let me just say, uh, father, husband, provider. Same things true with mother, wife, stay-at-home mom, or work working mother. Grace. We've got to extend grace. We have to. It's been extended to us, okay? So we have to extend it to our spouse. Um, go ahead, Cliff.
3: I was just going to say, I think that having, honoring your, your wife and your marriage uh, within the family uh, overwork, over work, over your kids. I mean, that sounds, that may not be popular but to say, but you got to, your wife has to come before your kids. But in coming before your kids, they know how they learn how to treat each other and how to, how they should be treated in their lives.
2: In talking about um, being a, a successful father, obviously, you know, there's none of us here that have arrived by any means. But what are some things that we can do um, for our kids, with our kids, to our kids that are, puts us on the road to being a su- successful father. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, personally for me, and I, I think I could, I'm, I don't want to speak for every father here, but I'm, I'm kind of going to. Um, I really strongly believe, in, and this is just for me doing this, when I, and I mentioned it already, when I take, if I'm intentional, our kids long for affection and time with us. They want to know that they're cared for and they're loved. That they're just not a cost center, right? And we're just providing and paying that cost center off every month, every week, whatever. Tax deduction. Yeah, tax deduction, yeah. All those tax deductions are great. <laughs> we love them, love the TDs. But, uh, but uh, sorry, Dave, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh,
2: stay focused, stay focused.
0: I'm a straight man. All it takes just a little bit? Um, but, you know, if we, if and look, this is, uh, and I'm preaching to myself, y'all, okay? I'm being very vulnerable up here. This is something that I've struggled with in not be able to turn things off, like Joe mentioned already, you know, having that, that work mode. I'm a provider, provider, provider. Yeah, look, it's, it's wonderful that you provide for your family, but if you're not providing the spiritual, emotional needs and those mental needs for your kids, forget about it. Money doesn't mean anything, okay? It doesn't mean anything at all. Um, I know a lot of kids who are provided for financially and they're miserable and they have no relationship with their mom or dad.
3: I guess I would I would just say, start early uh, with your kids. Um, start setting up an opportunity. I was talking to somebody this week, and I'm going to stand so that I can say, hi, son, Dustin, and I could talk to Dustin like my son there, but if I'm down here with them and looking him in the eye and uh, have doing stuff that, asking you what you're doing and being involved in what you're doing, it starts the cycle, I believe, for them to be able to come to you later. It might not seem like it when sometimes, but it really does makes you uh, a person at their level. I'm not saying maturity. Hopefully, well. uh,
0: (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But,
3: (laughs) no, we have to be fun. We have to be fun. But and that's something you can do with kids, grandkids, etc. So, be at their level and let them know that you're paying attention. So,
0: can I make one quick comment? Um, when so when we brought Taylor and e. Grace home, um, Taylor specifically went through some really rough stuff, and so to what to Cliff what he just demonstrated, um, she didn't trust men for for some very obvious reasons and. And I was trying to build that trust with her, know that she's safe and that she was cared for. And so kind of what Cliff did, what I would do at dinner time is I would just put my hand on her hand and just and just we'll have dinner and I'll just let her know she's safe. And then within a week of me doing this and being intentional and getting down and just looking her in the eyes and letting her know that she is safe and loved. We had a major breakthrough a week later, and that became I became her dad officially, right? In her heart, I became her father.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take that home and tell Landon that he needs to get down on my level. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's always wanting to say, oh, I'm taller than you now. It's like, okay. You want to fight or what? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that, that, uh, you know, about being a successful father is, I think, uh, we've talked about it before. It's like our job is not to be a friend to our kids That's at right. times, but it's to raise two God-fearing, self-sufficient adults that, that whenever they are raising kids, that, that in that order, they fear God, and they have a respect for your parents, and they know what hard work looks like and how to provide and how to love. And, but it's one of those things where you don't see it right out of the gates. I don't see my my fruit right now. 10 years I will, I see some of it. But whenever they get to, they are an an adult and they model that life that we've showed them. I think that's when you see your fruit and you see the success. One of the things
2: that we, rules we had in our house was we're never allowed to go to bed upset or angry. So when the kids were teenagers, we had a curfew (laughs) I know to some of you, that's a foreign word. That means be home by a certain time. And so they would be hanging out with their friends, which is fine, godly friends, which is fine, and um, it would come time for them to be home. They were never allowed to be home a minute late. I know you all find that hard to believe. They were never allowed to be home a minute late. Whether they're hanging out with their friends was done or not, they needed to be home. You're not going to run red lights to get home because you left late. And they would be upset with me. And our rule was, if you're upset, you come, when you get in the house, you come, I'll be in bed by then, maybe an hour or two, already asleep, but you come and you get me and we'll go in your room and we'll talk it out. We'll talk it through. And that happens on several occasions where I would be sound asleep, and uh, one of them would come in, they'd touch my foot, wake me up, hey, I need to talk to you in my room. We knew what that meant. I would go in there, and I'd lay down on their bed, and we'd talk about it. And they obviously would be upset because, you know, I made them leave their party early. Well, I didn't schedule that party for one so that's not my fault right is that my fault well there was there was a time and I know y'all will probably laugh or roll your eyes there was a bible study that went too late for curfew for curfew but in so doing I feel like we were able to teach them how to resolve conflict and differences of opinion, not go to bed angry, which creates more problems, doesn't it, parents? Yes, it does. So anyway, that was one of ours. Um, How do you guide your children in truth while also being supportive of and encouraging their authenticity and their individuality?
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, Allison's there to correct me if I'm wrong about this, but okay. Um, no, I. Uh, we had a particular challenge because we had twin girls who were together a lot, and so to encourage their individuality uh, was an interesting voyage. But we wanted to make sure that they were saw that they were unique. They were not just those girls or those twins, and that's an I mean, sometimes that, that's a, unfortunately uh, one of those twin stories that you hear out in the world is like, whatever, I'll leave it. Uh, but but they, she and her sister are very different, and both in pers- personality, both in vocational t- choices, both in their way of doing things. And you want to help them to understand that they're not going to be good at everything and just because your sister's good at one thing doesn't mean you're going to be, but you have your own thing that you're going to be good at. And, I, and we want to acknowledge that for you. So, um, but, it, but it's important to find those things that your children are good at and to let them know that somebody else notices that. Uh, sidebar, discipline-wise, discipline is not punishment. If you find things that kids do well, let them know. Because that's the the other part about helping them to shape their behavior to be good Christian men and women. Mm -hmm. Do
2: that. So we talked a little bit about connecting emotionally. But let's move on to another topic, and that's fatherlessness. Being fatherless is such a norm in our culture. What encouragement do you have to give to those whose fathers are not involved in their life.
0: Um, this this really popped out to me a little bit because although I you know I did have a, a, a dad present there was you know so there's a lot there uh, that I won't get into but you know I, again I'll go back to I honor my daddy, even even posthumously if that's the right word to say that uh, he, as he's already passed and I do honor him and I love him miss him. Um, I lost train of thought here. I'm so sorry. Let me Being get back. Fatherless. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's a lot again that I mentioned earlier that I've learned from him, good or bad or ugly and different. But I want to encourage what's really, what really helped me, especially when I had those issues um, with acceptance, right? And always trying to find approval of man. I beelined to someone like a Barry Nichols or a Dave Vespa. You know I said, hey, look, I need a spiritual father. I need I need fathering. And, and I'm, you know, I, I just turned 42 and I still need and long for that and have that, think, thank the Lord. But you know, on the flip side of that is is now I'm thinking, okay, who can I father as well? Because I know I recognize the deep need of being fathered, not just from a biological perspective, but from a spiritual perspective. And it's a, the, 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 the dichotomy there is different. And we could talk about that for an hour. But I just want to encourage you young men, especially that has absentee fathers, do not be, put yourself out there. Trust the Lord. Say, just pray. Say, Lord, I need fathering. You and then someone I can connect with, and I promise you, he will provide every single need there.
2: So Cliff, in, in um, the importance of the men in this church to be father figures, um, not taking the place of your dad, okay, we're not doing that, we're not trying to do that, but we're just offering spiritual, to be a spiritual father. Describe the importance of that.
3: Well, I think, you know, first of all, those of us who are farther along in the stage of life than other younger men, doesn't mean we have it all figured out or we did it right. It means more that we have experience to speak from, perhaps, about how we messed up uh, sometimes and, and how we were imperfect. Um, those are important pieces to be able to acknowledge. In fact, that's one of the things I think is important with younger children. If, if you, make a, you make a mistake, it's always important to be able to let your kids know you realize that you did if it affects them. And that's not a bad thing to do it's not a it's not an unmanly thing to do it's not a weak thing to do it's actually a powerful thing to do to to let them know but I think that um, one of the virtues that we have in this community as a as a covenant community is that there are a lot of cross generational opportunities um, you know in, in some communities people are separated into the retired dudes the Little kids, the middle, the young group, they even meet on different nights, and we have the chance to have opportunities for men to connect with one another and women to connect with one another, and I think that's a real um, a real virtue of our of our setup. I mean, obviously, for for me uh, with my colleagues uh, Sam and Flip, and you know, the men's ministry is a place where we hope to allow that to happen in a more um, a regular way, um, but. Uh, you know, to, to be willing to, to say that there are other people who've been down the road, maybe a little farther. Maybe they didn't have the same road. Maybe they didn't have the same experience. But we're open to hearing from others. And we want to learn from you too. I mean, to, to be able to learn from the energy and the, and the fire that some of the younger people have, it's very important for us to be able to work With you and alongside. Because we're here for the kingdom. I mean that's that's what we're here about. Mm -hmm. So come to men's ministry if you want. It's always there on Monday nights.
2: Mm -hmm. Um Dustin brought up the word honor. Um so I wanna ask you guys, um I think Dustin mentioned that his father's passed. I think Cliff, your father has passed, mine has as well. Um, do you honor your dad even today is that even an important thing um, should every person show honor to their dad even if he wasn't a good dad
0: yeah so I, I, I you know i honor my dad today because the lord gave me the opportunity and the grace to to get things well and right between us before he passed. And uh, again, not getting all the ton of details, there was a tumultuous time and me and my dad didn't talk for years. And then I had this job where I traveled uh, over three states. I did a lot of driving. I was gone three, four days a week for my family. And I felt the Lord just going, it's time to, you need to call your dad. I'm like, man, I don't want to call my dad. I don't, I don't, and there's nothing to talk about. So I grinded my teeth in the car one day. I was driving from Nashville to Arkansas. Little Rock, is like a six-hour drive. I was like, all right. So I called him. We talked for three hours. Next road trip, called him. We talked for four hours. Next road trip, next. So the Lord just, you know, by being obedient in the spirit, and and I was able to not only have let the Lord restore my relationship with my dad, but also I I was giving him honor and say, Dad, I know you're not feeling well today, or I know you're going through something, but I just want to call and tell you I love you, and I honor you, Dad. And I just felt the Lord's presence just get more and more powerful in my life just by virtue of just, just being obedient and doing that. And so I think I'm able to honor my dad today because I was able to do what the Lord told me to before he passed.
2: So let me, let me define this word honor. It's to show respect or give credit to, show distinction, to treat with high respect, or to show recognition, um, to show dignity. The Bible talks about it, um, and we're very familiar in Exodus 20, where it says, honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And another passage in Deuteronomy. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. So that you may live long and so that it may be well with you in the land that the Lord is giving you. Um, so that it may be well with you well with you. Maybe there's some of us in the room and watching over the internet that it isn't well with us. Could it be that it's because you're not honoring your father and your mother regardless of how old you are or how young you are? Could it be that you're not it isn't well with you because of that. Um, Cliff? Yeah, I was just going to add one
3: thing. Um, You know, we talk a lot about having wounds from life. um, Wounds wounds from family relationships, wounds from church even. And uh, I don't say that, I'm not saying that to this church, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of times that our experiences leave us with Memories of things that we're not, uh, we feel hurt about. But uh, that being said, uh, honoring and respecting doesn't mean that you think that everybody's actions are perfectly well and fine and good. Um, sometimes honoring ends up with having to have some discussion and conversations about things that um, I love you, but. Um, in all of our relationships, we need to be able to understand that we we will wound others and they will wound us. And how do we go forward from there? Is and, and try to to honor that person, even even in other issues of non-family ones. We have to respect.
1: You know, one thing about honor is that uh, when when before I was saved, I would sit down and because i honored my father i would sit there and listen to him preach to me for lack of better words and i wouldn't retort i wouldn't argue i would just sit and listen because i honored him and what that does here's here's what the word of god or here's what the holy spirit does he started to soften my heart just through honoring my father i didn't know it. I didn't know I was opening myself to the Holy Spirit at the time and to let the Lord work on my heart. I thought I was just honoring him. So it's like that's what the Holy Spirit can do just with a, a particular uh, topic in, in the Bible. It's like I, I can work it ten times better than you can even think. I can do things you don't even know what's going on. So it's like that's what happened. through honor it brought me to Christ. And that was one of the, one of the things
2: because because um, we don 't know everything, young people you don 't know everything. I know you think you do, but you don 't, and um, we don 't either that 's right we don 't but it's it 's very important. Um, Young guys, when, when your mom or your dad cautions you about hanging out with so-and-so, um, I know they're your best friend. But in the years to come, you'll be glad that they didn't remain your best friend, that you honored your parents. And, and young ladies, you, know, you're, you, you found the dream of your life And you went and you talked to your mom and dad and they said, uh, this concerns me, this concerns me, this concerns me. I hope you take that to heart. Because if you continue that way, you'll give your heart to this joker. Did I say that in church? Yeah, Yeah, I did. You'll give your heart to this Joker. You'll want to marry this Joker. And here's the deal you'll want your dad to walk you down the aisle and give you to this Joker. (laughs) And then within weeks and months, you'll come to your mom and dad and cry. Over this joker. (coughs) Listen and honor your parents. They're trying to protect you of a lot of heartache. And some people in the room can say amen to that. (laughs) At least you can say, oh me. Oh me. Yeah. They're looking out for you. So you honor them and you respect them. You consider their cautions, their warnings, their encouragement. You consider all of it. Take it all to heart because they want the best for you. It's not for them. It's they want the best for you. For you. The flip
3: side of that, too, is in some respects, or complementary complimentary side, is um, do get to know uh, the, the, the guys, the husband, potential husbands of your daughters, fathers. Um, it is important and to, you can speak a lot um, into their lives by just getting to know the people they know uh, and being honest to, to, to learn with them. Uh, I have two sons-in-laws now and cultivating those relationships is really important, um, not because I'm there to tell them what to do or change what they do. It's there to be able to say, how's it going? And uh, I, was a, I was a dad of younger ones once, too. And, uh, and I keep your son, Zeke, for um, at my house every week, so I know what that's like. <laughs> no, Zeke's a good guy. So is Josie. So is Matt. So, was,
2: so, so you mentioned tell them what to do, that you're not to tell them what to do. Different stages in being yes. a father. Yeah. So we've got a stage of fathering with young children, and that looks a bit different than being a father of teenagers. So young children, you're given the instruction, that kind of thing teenagers are trying to figure it out so you're still giving instructions still giving advice but you're also letting them make some decisions for themselves and you're monitoring that and then cliff stage is with the kids out of the house grown let's talk a little bit about the different stages of fathering
3: Um, I'll speak to that we'll go go down lower (laughs) Um, I think that that you know, if you've heard the different things we've said earlier, is that setting up a relationship early on allows you to be um, with your kids in a way that you, don't have, you can be approachable and you can actually speak into their lives if, in a respectful way. It doesn't mean you don't disagree, or don't, don't have different opinions or don't do things differently. It just means that you know that it's theirs to make their own decisions. How they parent and how they deal with their kids. Do they ask for it sometimes? Yes. Do you feel like you want to tell them sometimes? Mm, I'll just yes. <laughs> but respecting their role as parents, when you're especially when you're a grandparent. Uh, but just remember, whatever happens at Nan and Pop Pop's house stays at Nan and Pop Pop's house.
1: <laughs> so I think that looks like uh, as, as you said, Davis releasing more control and letting them make some mistakes you know you're, you're never gonna let them fall flat on their face but you might let them stumble to their knees a little bit you know and and what that does it teaches them I mean you, you we are that's a great teacher is like by struggle and pain it's like oh I don't want to do that again so that's that's one thing that with having teenagers we've allowed to okay you feel you should do that you're are you asking us for our our opinion, yeah, okay. And then they, if we state our opinion, they decide. Well, we're gonna do something a little different. Okay, see how that works out for you, you know. And then you can look back and says, Hey, I was trying to help you. But then you move to a younger age. It's like, well, obviously you make a lot more decisions for them. And it's like, now you're teaching by example. At that point, is very heavy, heavy-handed. So it's um, one. You know, one thing I remember. I think it was Barry,
0: Jeremiah said years ago that more is caught than taught. And so me being the, the hyper, sometimes energetically mature man. No way. Um, <laughs> I, they catch a lot.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Godly, yeah, mature. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Man of valor. Um, but, so, but in all seriousness, you know, I have to be careful because, boy... Do children observe and absorb everything, and Alice is laughing because she knows what's up. Um, And so, you know, and to really take it a step further, as from a serious note, um, I'm still not that protective pop-up air phase right with my kids. And one of the practical things that I do almost every night—not not every single, but I mean, almost every night. Is I literally, because look, we all know we're in a spiritual war, right? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy wants to take our kids straight to hell. Look around our school system, look around in in TV shows, it's all there, right? So we're really, so my senses are heightened with that, having little kids. And one of the things I do practically every night is I lay my hands on my kids and I pray the same prayer. And I mean, I say, I rebuke any foul spirit that may try to gain entrance into this room and into this house and into this family. I command you to leave my kids and our family right now in the name of Jesus. And then I follow up with, the only spirit that is welcome in this home and in this room and in this crib and this nursery is the Holy Spirit. And that I did, I probably pray that a thousand times. And so there's that protectiveness that I have in my little. So people with little kids. Hey, it's, it's wartime. It's wartime always, but it's wartime. There are innocent little formable minds and souls.
2: So, so it's real important that as you're fathering, you father in the right stage. Okay? It's not going to be real great for you to call your grown-up child across the nation and tell them, you know, Make sure that you brush your teeth. That's the stage he's in. I, I hope, Joe, your teenagers aren't don't need to be reminded to brush their teeth, but maybe.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I got to be reminded.
2: Okay, just, just touch on it, Joe. But, but you see what I'm saying? Don't, don't be like that. Adjust yourself. My kids are out of the house. I see myself as a coach. They're in the game, they're playing, they got to play the game. They got to run the plays, they got to make the decisions, and all that. I'm the coach. They, I can warn them, I can caution them, hey, go this route, do whatever, throw it, whatever. But they, they're in the game, they have to play the game. Okay, so I see the older generation as a coach, and not only to our kids, but to other young people in the church. We're, we're like coaches to you. So anyway, um, let's wrap this up. Um, there are some whose fathers are not with us today. They may have passed away or maybe they abandoned you. Maybe they're in prison today. Um, what encouragement can we give to people here who are in that situation. I
3: don't know why it's coming to me, but maybe. Um, I think the encouragement is more what we've been saying all along, which is to be available and present. And it is a challenge sometimes if you've had a hard relationship with um, your father and we we're, we're supposed to be, and we do call upon our our Father. Um, those things sometimes don't penetrate our brain very well, and uh, making those distinctions. I mean, it's nice of me I could stand here and say it, and I do believe it. That you know, God is the true Father. We heard Justin say it earlier during the worship time, and but being able to live that. Uh, Asking him for to, to step in and help us to know who he is as, as the true father. Let me pick up my fathering
0: skills from you, God. Yes. You know. that's, that's good. Uh, you know, my dad passed away suddenly. You know, it, it was hard. Um, but what really, and just uh, I'm kind of echoing the same sentiments Cliff just said, when I miss my biological father, my earthly father and, and I feel the pain of that loss every time I say Lord I thank you, I thank you that you are my heavenly father and that you are here with me and that you brought the comfort for me and for everyone It, I'm telling you as simple as it sounds, it's powerful when we call on our heavenly father, he really covers and heals all pain um, you know and, and also something practical you know, I, when we actually choose to serve um, out of, you know, out of pain or out of darkness or loneliness, um, it, something unlocks in our spirit. And let me just kind of give you a quick story where I'm going with this. There's a lady named Candy Christmas in Nashville, Tennessee. Her name is Candy Christmas. That's her name. And she lost her marriage, fell apart. She became very depressed. And the Lord told her, says, Candy, go make you that big old pot of gumbo that everyone loves, and you go down to the bridge in downtown Nashville and feed the homeless people. And she's like, okay, Lord, I'll do it. She made a pot of gumbo, went down to the bridge, it's, I don't know, 50, 100 homeless people there. Today, she feeds 2,000 homeless people and kids every single Tuesday night underneath the bridge and gives away over 500 bicycles every single week. And they're going to do a documentary on her life. So to the point why I'm saying this is I I am being challenged at this very moment. And really recently in my life, I don't have my earthly father. And there's young men who don't have their earthly father because either prison or away. I want to pour and get into them like I have spiritual fathers pouring into me. It comes right down here and out like that. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm encouraged and inspired by how when we serve like Jesus served, things start unlocking, not just in our lives, but in all the lives around us. So I just want to encourage everyone of that.
2: So there may be uh, some in the room today that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to contact your father. And you may be like, well, I don't know what to say, and it's been years, and, you know, whatever. You pray, and you ask the Holy Spirit. I I can guarantee you that Dustin's glad that he called his dad that day. That's called living with no regret, right there, right there. While he's alive the Holy Spirit is telling you to call him or contact him some way, do it. If the Holy Spirit's leading you to do it, be obedient and do it. Because when he's gone, if you don't, you're going to regret it. Doesn't have to be a long conversation. It doesn't. It can start out, hey, I was thinking about you today, so I thought I'd call you. And just let the Holy Spirit flow through you and give you the words to say we're going to close up uh, here and we're going to have two prayers one we're going to pray for every father that's in the room and then secondly we're going to pray for every male in the room whether you're a young man or an older man whatever, and you don't have children, we're going to pray for you. But first and foremost, we're going to have all the fathers stand up, stand right where you are for prayer. And um, I'm going to ask Cliff to pray. If if uh, if someone is around you standing, make, go ahead and stand up next to them. Put your arm on their shoulder around them um, as a means of support um if you see someone standing a man standing alone can i encourage you to go over to him maybe you don't even know who he is but he's a father that's why he's standing and let's honor let's honor let's make sure that everyone has someone standing beside them while cliff prays
3: well let's pray Father, we thank you that you are our Heavenly Father. But you see each man standing here who you have privileged to be fathers of their own children. Lord, bless each one, guide each one, let them have forgiveness for themselves, for their own fathers, and let them pour into the place of life you have them now for their own children, grown, young, in between. So, Father, just be with each and help, help them be not afraid to call upon you their Father, for the guidance they need. We thank you for what you're going to do in this, in this body of believers, these men, Lord, in Jesus' name.
2: You may be seated. And now I'm going to ask for males, boys. And men, young men, older men who are not fathers, I want you to stand for prayer now. And I'm going to ask Dustin to pray for them. Um, Make sure that everyone has someone near them. Go ahead, move over, take some time, move over to them, stand with them. Praying for our future fathers, our young men, mainly to be godly men. Go ahead, Dustin.
0: Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for these future fathers, Lord, that are, that are representing this room today. Lord, I pray that you will start preparing their hearts and their minds and their spirits, Lord, for the kingdom work that they're going to accomplish by being a father. Lord, I just pray for fresh revelation over their over their minds right now. I pray for just a fresh word for them. And if there's any fear, any anxiety, we rebuke you. I just, ooh, I rebuke any spirit of fear and anxiety. Those lies that you're never going to be a father. You're never going to be equipped to be a father. We rebuke those lies right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you've prepared every man that you've called to be a dad. They are being prepared this very moment. So we thank you. I pray for confidence in you, Lord, will reign supreme in their heart, that they'll trust you fully. And, Lord, help me, help Joe, help Cliff, help all the current dads to pour into these young men, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to guide them. To give them wisdom, Lord. But we do it by the power and person of your Holy Spirit. There's no projection. There's no sensationalism. There's no hype. It's just by the word of the truth, Father. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for these dads. I thank you for these strong, God-fearing dads that you're raising up right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
2: Father, We thank you for each one that came today. I pray that their hearts are encouraged and stirred by you. Maybe you're speaking to some to contact their father today. What an awesome thing that would be to contact a dad and just say, hey, it was Father's Day and I wanted to call you and wish you a happy Father's Day. Holy Spirit, we want to be led by you. We want to be directed by you. Even our words need to come from you. And I pray that you would be with each individual through the remainder of this day and the different activities that we have. I just thank you for this day. Pray blessing on every individual. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.
0: We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.